Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Have you always wanted to publish a book but aren't sure where to start? At Troubadour Publishing, we help authors bring their book to life through Matador, our self-publishing imprint, offering a range of services including editing, cover design, typesetting, marketing, distribution, ebooks and audiobooks. With our flexible services, authors can choose the services that best suit their project, working with a friendly team of publishing professionals who carry out all work in-house to the highest quality. Rated the number one UK self-publishing services provider by the independent publishing magazine, Matador can help with all aspects of the publishing process, whether you're looking to publish a printed book, an ebook, an audiobook, or all three. www.troubadour.co.uk Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Shapes of Stories podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige. And yes, we've got a nice little treat for you guys today as I'm joined by actress Taj Atwell. And you may know Taj from some of her different TV shows such as Line of Duty, such as Stella. And uh, I actually discovered her about, well, a year ago, I guess, this is a, the thing that I was a big fan of, which was uh, Death on the Time, which was a nice little uh, sort of comedy murder mystery thing featuring a, a, an amazing cast of um, British actors and actresses. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Tash. We cover a lot of things. It's been really interesting to see how she's been doing, and um, you know what she's what she's kind of got in the works as well, and what she's kind of um, hoping to emerge after COVID. So uh, without further ado, here is my chat with Taj Artwell. Taj, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, that's that's it's great to have you. Um, how's your, how's this year been for you? For, I guess firstly, this weird <laughs> and wonderful twenty. Well, we're going into twenty twenty one, so that's always a good thing. But yeah, how's it been for you, twenty twenty? Do you know what? I've been quite lucky. It's weird. Like the first year felt like five years long, and then the second half of the year just feels like it's gone in the blink of an eye. But yeah. Um, I feel like everything I could have experienced this year, I think I have. <laughs> Extreme highs and lows, but yes. ending on really good highs. So That's good. I'm really thankful. Yeah. Hasn't affected your work too much, has it? Or has there been some things that have been kind of put on the shelf a bit and uh, not too great? Um, I know that a lot, lot of people were affected, but actually I, I've luckily I've actually kind of been fine like a project was pushed back by a few months but I did manage to start it um it was supposed to be some of it filming in Vegas and we ended up in Monaco which actually was even better yeah not bad is it not a bad alternative exactly so I've, I've been in Monaco for the last month well you know most of uh I can't even remember when I went now October yeah. and November. Everyone kind of feels like that. It's kind of been like, I don't know when that was actually. Like, it was like, yeah. it, it, we're kind of living in a year where you're kind of like, it happened the other day. Actually, I think it was about four months ago, but it, it kind of feels a bit like that. 
It feels like we're kind of, I kind of feel like I'm in the big, watching the biggest circus sort of <laughs> um, live right now. <laughs> Is it, I, yeah, I'm scarily starting to get a little bit desensitized to it. I don't know if I because I'm trying, subconsciously trying to protect myself and remain sane. I don't know if yeah. you felt like you've started a to bit do like, that. I've, I've got to the stage where I've stopped watching the news because I think like if you watch news for too long, like it just, you, you can't help but feel a bit shit to be honest after, I know. It, after it's all you kind of have you know 15 minutes of covid then it's like okay what's going on with brexit now okay donald trump saying, donald, Don, donald trump saying what okay okay and then there's this massive um division and you know with the black lives matter movement you know there was that um the, the, the awful thing that happened there and yeah so like you watch the news for sort of 45 minutes you like you're kind of feeling like wow <laughs> I, i'm gonna give you the remedy so on social media, there's some social media accounts that I now choose, purposely choose to follow. Mm-hmm. And all they are are good news. So one's called the yeah. Good News Movement, I think it is. And one's called Love Matters or or something like that. And so every day there's a post of good news or some amazing, loving thing that's happened in the world. And it's so much nicer than, <laughs> than some other more mainstream uh, news outlets. And so you're then only digesting like really lovely positive things because there are good things going on in the world if no, you choose to look for them yeah i think um, as, as well with social media though you've got to be careful on i don't know if you have to deal with trolls and things like that but on social media you can you know there are people out there that even more so now than ever this year it feels like they're really sort of attacking people whether it be sort of racism or people's appearance or whatever it is or uh it could be anything but i don't know have you ever had to deal with any kind of like trolls online and things like that um, I mean, a little bit, yeah. I, yeah. I, it's a whole new territory for me. I can imagine, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm just lucky that I've got... If anything's happened, the beauty from it has come, how, how loved and I have I have been from it and supported and right. people who I don't even know reaching out and sending messages of support and love. And it just kind of outweighs any of that toxic stuff for me. Yeah. Because, you know, it just shows me how amazing humanity actually is. Yeah. Minus the odd few morons. Yes, <laughs> the odd moron that you get on Twitter that's like, you know what, I feel like giving someone shit on Twitter today. Like, who am I, I going to pick? I don't even think they think about it. It's kind of whoever t- t- um, pops up first on their Twitter timeline. It's like, right, what can I write about them? <laughs> I had to come off that for a while because at one point it was so doom and gloom. I was just like, oh, oh God, yeah. no, I just know. I'm really, I really like get picked up on energies and things. I, I kind of am really affected by them. So I like to mm-hmm. put myself in a bit of a bubble sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I used to always think, it was, back a couple of years ago, I used to always think it was a bit dramatic when people said, I need to take a social media break. I used to think, I used to think come on. like, you know, What does that mean? What does that mean? But like, I get it. I think I get it now because like, you know, I think if you, depending on, you know, what's kind of coming your way, you're sort of letting into your social media world. Mm-hmm. Like it can, I imagine it can really affect your, the start of your day, whether you sort of see something on Twitter early in the morning or, you know, if you read something late at night and you're trying to sleep, I can imagine it really affects people. If you do, I don't have it on my phone to hand. So then if you do go on it, you have to consciously log on. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the effort of having to do that just stops you and steers you away from doing it anyway. So <laughs> you can kind of uh, control it a little bit more. Yeah. Well, it's a positive news. Didn't I see uh, this year you became a patron of a theatre, sort of back where you Yeah. You're from? That's great. I'm so thrilled. Oh, just, uh, just to try to do anything to help theatre at the moment. Um, mm. 
yeah so that's in York and they kind of want to start doing producing their own um, in-house work and um it's a kind of all-encompassing theatre company so they really reach out to people with disabilities learning difficulties um and people from the York community which I just think oh, it's just amazing to have something like that yeah, well, that's great. It's, it's great you're doing it. Because I think for, for the worry is for theatres now. I mean, theatre will always be theatre, will always be there. But I think people are really sort of worrying about the people that are working in theatre right now and what's next for them and how we emerge post-COVID in the theatre world. What's that going to look like, especially for the smaller theatres? I guess up north as well, you know, for, for the people that don't have the London, the tourism and, and all that. The regional theatre. Yeah, yeah, regional theatre, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think that's why I wanted to. I was so grateful to be asked to be the patron of some somewhere that's regional, obviously, York is what I spent such a long time in York because it's so important to also give those, like you said, those theatres a boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, have you done, so what kind of theatre have you done? I don't know people might recognise you from the television shows that they've <laughs> seen, but what kind of theatre have you done as well? Um, I haven't done a massive amount of theatre. I kind of, so I kind of just fell into TV, TV quite early on in my career, but I've done some fantastic plays that... Um, that I've always wanted to do, such as uh, Rita Sue and Bob Two, um, educating Rita. A lot of Ritas, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Ritas. I even named my car Rita at one point. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did. That was the last show I did. I think it was at the Royal Court. That's great. Well, I have to say, I loved. I last year I watched Death on the Tyne, and I absolutely loved. Did that. you? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was. Amazing. You know what it is? I, I think. I love like humour that's like, you know, I enjoy the sort of, you know, you get the controversial comedy and you get the, the things that swear. But I think really clever comedies don't have to do that. They don't have to be controversial. They don't have to swear. And like, I think that's why you kind of get the, I love Peter Kay. I love his sort of um, comedy because he doesn't have to sort of, he's not someone that's really swearing or insulting people. Yeah. He's just a really clever comedian. It takes everyone's day to day lives mm. and um, sort of relates to people. And, you know, when I, when I saw Death on the Tiny, it just kind of reminded me of that that kind of humour. And it's like, it doesn't need to sort of be thrown at racism or controversy or insults. And I really, I did really enjoy watching Death on the Tiny. Was that a fun experience to film? Thank you. I've got a funny story to tell. So, you know, I, oh, get, harpoon, I get harpooned. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. if anybody hasn't watched it now, they've been pushing it out loads. Do it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, I get harpooned to death. <laughs> but I didn't realise it was called a harpoon. So I go telling everyone... <laughs> Oh, when I get lampooned to death. Lampooned <laughs> to death. <laughs> Which, it's just, you can't get lampooned. You get, I don't even, can't even think of the full description yeah. of lampoon, but I kept telling everyone I get lampooned to death and then somebody called me out and I was like, I don't, I don't think you get lampooned and you get harpooned. <laughs> That'd be a real one to put on death certificate, wouldn't it? <laughs> of course of death lampooned. I know. But yeah, no, it was really good fun. I had such an amazing time on that job. God, working with some absolute comedy legends. Yeah, well, I mean, you've, you've been lucky enough to be a part of some really cool shows as well, like, you know, um, Stella, Line of Duty, and, and things like that. So, has, has there been one of the shows that you really feel like, I'm sure they've all been amazing experiences because you work with some amazing people, but is there one show that you kind of really hold dear to you? Like, I've really enjoyed that experience. Like, that's kind of home, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I've got to say, I've just finished on the Syndicate Series 4, which is coming out, I think, in March. But I think because it came in amongst everything else that was happening this year, mm-hmm. everyone was just maybe that bit more grateful to be working and that much more aware of we're making a show in amongst everything, in amongst a kind of global pandemic. And the love and the fun and the just the vibe on that set 
were so real and so wholesome and so authentic and honestly mm. the best experience of my life on a job um yeah I just oh god I get emotional when I think about it because we just we all went through so much because we only saw each other really for seven days a week for four months <laughs> and we became this like really weird close-knit family and we're all kind of supporting each other through it and you know I got to go to Monaco and oh it was just so amazing genuinely yeah sort of like a family the, feel I guess to... family feel yeah. and kind of everyone had each other's back and you know I can't even put it into words it was just so loving and, and, and I, that was for me yeah. up there with the best yeah. yeah it's like you say especially with this year with everything in terms of going on whether it be you know the COVID situation um sort of negative social media news uh you know I suppose I guess that, that was really sort of comforting to, to have sort of to get away from everything and have that kind of sort of love and family feel to, to things yeah I mean you couldn't see your own family and your own friends so we <laughs> had to make <laughs> we had to make each other family and friends and I think because like I said we, we realized how lucky we were to be shooting we didn't take it for granted so we were so strict with ourselves and so you know like come on if we just see this through to the end and do everything in our power to say stay for four months or have something really proud to show at the end of it because mm -hmm. um, you know, God knows when you'll be working again. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of all gave us a bit of a kick up, up the butt to enjoy it that bit more and and make so much more of it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And so so what have you sort of been doing, I guess, over the lockdown periods? Is there, did you, were you one of those people that were binge watching Netflix and just felt like you completed everything? Or did you know, how did you keep yourself busy over the lockdown periods? I played a lot of chess. A lot of chess? I'm a, okay. yeah. I'm great at it but I love chess okay. before the, even before the Queen's Gambit came out which oh it was amazing for someone like me who loves chess um mm. so yeah played a lot of that a lot of games ate far too much um <laughs> that was it really yeah just kind of plowed on did some lots of reading I don't know it feels like a blur what did you do yeah. <laughs> I, I think I was one of those people that did kind of Netflix out a little bit and there, there was did you were you involved in any zoom quizzes that was kind of all right for a while like the zoom quiz nights yeah, and then it the kind zoom of the novelty kind of worn off, wore off after a month or two and it was just like I don't want to do any more I'm quizzed out but like yeah yeah, yeah. but um yeah like I, there's a few Netflix did you see the tiger king did I? Yes. Yeah. One of those oh, yeah. things. Okay, like, I saw the Tiger King. Yeah, the, one of those things with the Tiger King, I thought when I watched the first episode, I was like, this isn't real. Like, this is like stage. Yeah, like a setup thing. I think what made me think it was fake was because the Joe Exotic, um, they had like his music videos, don't they? Like, he's sort oh of music. God. And I was like, well, that's not him singing. So clearly, this is just all like a stage. I thing. thought it was. You thought that? I was like, that can't be, that's oh not the same guy's voice. I thought it was him the whole time until I was told that's not him. And I, honestly, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked. I'm so gullible. Yeah, no, but I was just like, well, that can't be, that can't be uh, right. So I, I did go for the first couple of episodes. I was sceptical if it was real or not. But then when you sort of realise the police were getting involved and the s detectives and things, I was like, wow, this is actually like a thing. Like this guy is a real person. It's not like a character someone's invented. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it was uh, a very, a very interesting watch. What did you think of Carol Baskin? Are you, are you suspicious of her, the husband disappearing? 
I mean... It is like a Death on the Times sort of episode, it can, isn't it? Yeah, it actually kind of is. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of so slapstick yeah. that you just think, surely this can't be real. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. So I just, like I said, I'm so gullible. I just believe everything. <laughs> well, did you, so, believe, did you believe Donald <sighs> Trump had COVID then? Well, there's Weird that video one. of him walking right up to the top of the stairs and like really struggling to breathe. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I think I think I think that would probably happen with or without COVID. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, I didn't pay close enough attention. If I'm yeah. honest, yeah, no, it was, I, like, it was all. It was a bit suspicious. It was just the way he kind of. He does brag about everything, I suppose. But it's the way he kind of came up very quickly and was just like. I've done it. I've completed. Like I've completed COVID. No one's like, like got a it's higher. False. Yeah, like it's a level. No one has like a better score at uh, recovering from COVID than me. And it was just I don't know. It was a bit. Obviously, you don't want to think people are like that. But I don't know. It was a bit suspicious. I don't know if it was sort of a campaign thing that's backfired. Obviously, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you yeah. just never know, do you? You just got to so be. Yeah. Can you believe anything that's in the papers? You know. Yeah. I know, and just uh, I had someone. Someone said to me recently. They they said I'm gonna kind of miss Donald Trump just for the entertainment value, <laughs> and I was just a bit like, well, have him as a a judge on America's Got Talent. Then <laughs> the I feel like the, I want to buy that person um, like a Netflix Netflix subscription <laughs> or something because I'm like, if you think that's your entertainment, dude, get out. Yeah, it is a bit like I know you know you kind of think, what's he gonna say next? But it's it's kind of like a over it now <laughs> i've been over it for a long long time i try uh, to focus on the positive which is you know kamala and new people exactly. and new fresh yeah um eyes and vibe and everything that can kind of yeah. be changed now for the positive yeah. i really wanted michelle obama to run like oh, i think everybody does don't yeah they? it was just like <laughs> yeah like if, if like when trump beat hillary you know that was a strange result but I think if like Trump had been against um Michelle Obama it just never would have never would have happened like she would have stormed it I feel like I, I wish I could just sit down with her over a cup of tea and just get life advice yeah <laughs> and she, she comes she, she's all these people that she comes across like so wonderful and elegant Michelle Obama but I think the second you diss her man she will fuck her <laughs> she will open she, she will She'll open a can of whoop ass <laughs> She will go from, oh, yes, we can, to, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want uh, her on your side. Someone on speed dial to be like, Michelle, someone picked on me, or Michelle, this is happening, can you help me? Yeah, no, absolutely. So who, who sort of, as you when did you get sort of involved in acting? Was that something when you were a child or a teenager? Or? Yeah, I think I've always been, weirdly, <laughs> a bit of an extrovert. I don't know, I've always loved storytelling and stories and... Um, I think at school we we had to create a piece um, based on a title. I think it's called "When the Holiday Snaps" or something like that in my drama group. And I had devised this piece for our year, and um, it was like in a competition thing, and it won. And I don't know, it just gave me a taste and a bug for it. I wanted to actually be a singer first and then very quickly realised I couldn't sing. So I was like, right, okay, well, what's the next thing after that? Um, but I went through loads of phases of everything. I wanted to be a rip speed specialist at Halfords. I wanted to uh, race cars. I wanted to be a hairdresser. So there was like other oh, things nice. as well that are on the 
but yeah, I was a bit of a tomboy. There were other things that I also had in my mind that I wanted to do, but I was always just, acting and performing was the one that just kind of always came to the front of everything. Um, yeah, and I was just such an avid reader as well growing up. I'd get so immersed into a story. Yeah. What kind of, who did you sort of used to enjoy reading, whether as a child or as an adult? Or... Well, as a real young child, four or five Nick Butterworth books, mm. and then I'd get pop-out ones where you'd open them. You remember the first oh, yeah. pop-out books? Yeah. Um, and there'd be all the Percy the Park Keeper kind of pop-out books. And I loved those. And then I kind of moved into Jacqueline Wilson, you know, when I was like 10 and 11. And my mum got me all the Jacqueline Wilson books. And then kind of moved on to all sorts of different things, really. Classic Tolstoy took me about three and a half months to read. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm looking at my bookshelf now. Anything and everything, really. Yeah. Well, because we were those Harry, we were Harry Potter geek. Or not too much into Harry Potter. See, I actually didn't read Harry Potter till a couple of years. Probably even earlier till last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I guess, I guess we're probably similar age. So I was just sort of thinking, well, you probably were sort of around the time where Harry Potter was just kind of getting getting to its peak. Really big. Uh... Kind of, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember anyone speaking about Harry Potter when I was... Maybe I didn't hang around with those kind of people <laughs> who read Harry Potter, I don't think. We were probably more into... Like the girls, when we were 16, 17, we just wanted to race cars. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know what? That, that sounds great. <laughs> and my best friend, Catherine, I remember when she got her car when she was like 17, 18, the only thing we we would do was go to country lanes and learn how to pull handbrake turns. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't part of the Harry Potter crowd at that age. <laughs> yeah. were, there any, were there any sort of, growing up, were there any sort of like actors and com- or comedians or anything like that that really sort of inspired you or TV shows that really kind of got you like, that's what I want to do? Yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to believe this, but I'd say Kathy Burke, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Okay, Gimme, 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that's great. Right? And yeah, they've just great. re-released the whole series, so... Oh, yeah. <sighs> They're re-releasing everything at the minute. Everything, that's great. my Christmas, that's my Christmas yeah. viewing. But yeah, just her as Linda Hughes and Oh, just, it was so broad, but so brilliant. And I just wanted to be her. And also she's so versatile. I don't know if you've seen Nil by Mouth. So raw and um, she's just incredible. And she was also an Anita and me. Just just everything I've ever seen her in. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, Perry. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, (laughs) you can do that that well. Like, it was amazing. Oh, it just blows my mind. And I remember when I'd, I was auditioning for drama schools and they, they didn't take me seriously because they're like, you know, who, who do you aspire to be? And I was like, well, Kathy Burke. And they just couldn't quite get that or believe that. But I was just yeah. in my head, I was like, that's that's the career I, I want. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Gibby Gibby is a great show. I mean, obviously, I think uh, Kevin and Perry, I was say Harry, but Kevin and Perry, they were, that, that was... Uh, amazing she, just just her pulling off not just i mean perry but some of the characters that she did in that harry enfield sketch show oh. was just amazing and so <laughs> disgusting some of them and that's why yeah. i just love it like, just just to push yourself and go that far with it yeah well how do you feel about like some of the pro because you know some of the programs that have kind of i guess that we would have grown up with like the little britons of the world like that's mm. sort of been taken mm. off like netflix and stuff now and I remember as a teenager, admittedly, loving Little Britain. I thought it was fantastic, like, hilarious. 
But then again, there were some scenes I watched very recently, and I was a bit like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this anymore. That is a bit on the nose, really, isn't it? Like, it is... Uh... Yeah. I mean, I think I'm the same as you. I, I was the same. I watched it without any kind of uh, feeling offended in any yeah. way. I probably now I'm more educated. I might do, but I haven't rewatched any of it, but it didn't... I mean, there's a character in there called Taj, and I'm called Taj, <laughs> and he's played an Asian, and... I, I don't know, I suppose me and... Me and my... Like, I don't know, I think me and my brother and cousins and stuff, we didn't find that offensive at the time, but I haven't revisited it, so I don't know now. Yeah, there was, like, I don't know about sort of pulling it off completely, but I think there's probably like a couple scenes that you think, oh, yeah... That's probably a bit much, but... Yeah, I'm older now as well, so I've got more of a kind of world view, I want to say, in a sense. Or was then I just digested everything I was fed. Yeah. I think without like, questioning anything. Yeah, I think we can always kind of... We should be able to look back at those programmes and kind of say, well, look how far we've come. Like, yes, that was acceptable back in... I don't say back in the day. We're not that old, but, you know, um, <laughs> a few um, decades ago. But... It's, it's a different time now where there's stuff on that that a lot of people would find offensive. Yeah, I can absolutely, I can completely, completely understand that. Yeah, yeah. So, just give me, give me your sort of your, your favourite comedy. Was that the number one for you? Oh, do you know? I just it's something that I probably could watch over and over and over and over again. I, I really, really do. What else? Do you know? I think. Um, yeah, that's that's the standout for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So as you were sort of like getting into acting in your career and going into whether you were doing any theatre work or the television stuff that you've done, has there ever been any moments where, you know, because some people I've met, especially younger girls, can say, you know, it can get a bit catty when they're sort of in drama school or uh, or anything like that. Have you ever had to deal sort of um, with, I guess, bitchiness and, and things like that? And how do you sort of deal with that? I don't think there was much. I mean, I know I kind of lost touch with a few friends from drama school and stuff, but I think that's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know, I I can't think of any, actually. Maybe I've been really blessed, but but I haven't. I mean, I kind of stand my own ground anyway, so if anybody was, I'd probably say something. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty pretty good at kind of uh, standing up for myself so I haven't really experienced that no yeah and what about the positive side of that like I guess like who've been people that you've worked with that you've really had like a really good relationship with that you've kind of looked up to and sort of have supported you I guess in your in your work oh recently I've got to say Catherine Morley I call her my twin she's just (laughs) fantastic um you can see her in loads of different things um that she's done last time going Halifax and she's just an absolute little pocket rocket and just a fantastic human being and and someone that I felt like I could just go to for anything and she has absolutely no agenda or any kind of um, critical opinion on me and I don't know I just found her so it was just such a she was just such a reassuring presence especially while we were filming during during pandemic um but I have loads of fantastic actresses who reach out. We all reach out to each other. Um, recently, Susan Wacoma and... Yeah, just... just I've been really lucky, I suppose, with the with the 
empowering women that I've I've got to work with. Mm-hmm. Great. And and so what um, was there women musically as well that perhaps influenced you when you were a kid? Were you like a Spice Girls sort of girl or or anything like that? But then you said you are quite a tomboy, so. No, girl power to lie to high. Oh my goodness me. No weekend or no week was complete without playing Spice Girls. Yeah. I don't even know. Now when I think about it, what did we play? But all it was was, shall we play Spice Girls? (laughs) And you just be one and just play. I can't even remember what we did. Me and my best friend Helen, we'd just sing their songs, be them, do dance routines. I had, I'm not even joking, every bit of Spice Girls merchandise you can ever think of. And actually my brother and one of my male cousins and his sister, they were also real big Spice Girls uh, fans. And my brother probably killed me for saying this. (laughs) And it was like, we all loved them. So it wasn't just a a female thing. They're just so original. Yeah, oh, they're great. But it's good that, you know, your brother was a, was a fan of the Spice Girls. I always, yeah. always felt like I had to go into school. I was a big fan of McFly at secondary school. But, like, I wasn't allowed to be a fan of McFly at secondary school because I got ripped. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I had, to, so I remember back in the day we had CD players. Kids are probably like, what? CD player? Um, but, yeah, CD players would be my blazer pocket. And I'd, be, I'd, I'd, I'd have a McFly CD and a Red Hot Chili Peppers album. <laughs> So people thought I'm listening to the Red Hot Chili, chili Peppers and cause people would just be like, it's a term that we never use anymore, but you kind of always got like, oh, that's gay. If you, you know, that was kind really? of the thing. Oh yeah, like listening to yeah. McFly apparently makes, so it was just like, oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers is acceptable, but so I better just like hide that um, CD in the album co- <laughs> in the album cover. Was that, did you get called an emo or something like that? Um, was it because I bypassed I, the McFly phase yeah no I think McFly wasn't really too much emo I think like Green Day was kind of the emo oh yeah phase. Green Day yeah Green Day and Fallout Boy I think that's what made you an emo um for yeah for McFly it was just stuff that got labeled gay which is an awful term to use obviously now so PC back in 2003 <laughs> but um, 2003 yeah, yeah. oh yeah that was a day where if it was just like if it wasn't acceptable it was labeled as gay and it was just like but yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy to want to think about that. Everybody always used to use that term. Yeah, it was just even so when, yeah, even like I was a bit taken about with my mate the other day. Um, he was in the supermarket and he said, um, "What did I?" He said it was all it was getting a bit manic in the supermarket or something like that, and people were kind of getting a bit flustered, a bit aggressive mm. with each other because it's like keep your meters and stuff. And he was just like, "I just wish people could just like go back to being just a bit more civil and nice to each other." And he goes, "Oh, sorry, that sounds a bit gay, doesn't it?" And I was just like. And <laughs> Tell him, 2003 called, yeah, and, it's, I, and it wants its homophobe I back. I know, yeah, and I was just a bit like, oh, I don't really think that's the term. You wish you, you, no. I mean, unless you could say, you know, you wish people can be a bit nicer to each other. Like, I guess it wasn't, you know. Didn't think, the, yeah. Yeah, didn't, didn't think too much. <laughs> um, so, I guess going back to your your career, are there, is there something that perhaps coming up that you really would, a programme, is there a programme that you're really sort of like a fan of the show and you'd be like, I would love to be in that show? I mean, it's been and gone now, but I, what I would have given to being in the Queen's Gambit. Oh, the Queen's Gambit <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Even to be a chess piece on the ball. I mean, <laughs> come on, it was so good. That's I'm yet to see that, I'm yet to see that yet. I'm yet to see it, it's on my Ooh, list. okay, but well, I won't I've, give I've, anything away. Yeah, I've, um, seen, I've seen the crown, but uh, yeah, just caught up with the crown. Oh, yeah. Bagsy not being Preeti Patel in the new in the future series. <laughs> um, uh, gosh, 
There's loads of things. Chuck some names at me. You know when you someone asks you to do that, and you're like, oh, I can't think of anything. Else. Are there any soaps that you kind of you you'd really like to be in one day? Like out of the well, there's there's the three big ones, and there's Hollyoaks as well. And I don't know, is there any if you could be on any of them, which uh, were you a Woolpack, Queen Vic, Rovers Return? I don't know what um, Hollyoaks pub is called. I don't know. Is there a pub at Hollyoaks? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't what I don't watch them. Oh, you don't watch that? Okay. I'd love to go back one day, maybe when I'm older, and do like a cameo on Corrie or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't. A pint in the Rovers. A pint in the Rovers, yeah, I suppose so. I'm, I'm not so clued up with soaps, I'm afraid. Sorry. Um, okay. No, I'm just, yeah. Um, what, other, what other TV shows I guess, are you a fan of that you that you just really would like to. Like, Ooh, comedy, Fa- like. Fargo. Fargo. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. To be in Fargo. <laughs> What about, dream. what about reality TV shows like the Strictly's, the Big Brothers, the Jungle, the Celebrity X Factor? I don't know if there's something that you could, if you would, if you were going to get offered any sort of reality TV show, which one would you think would be a really cool, like, a cool <laughs> mm. experience to do? We'd have to do it by elimination. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so I wouldn't be able to do I'm a Celebrity. Get no, 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 shit, just... not, no sheep testicles for you. Oh, God, no. And also, how cruel to those little creatures. Yeah. I think someone um, in it this year was a vegan. And they didn't... I think so. I think... Wasn't um, Liz McDonald recently? Didn't she... I don't know, but vegan? I couldn't watch somebody else eat it. Oh, okay. Creature. Like, that's yeah. just, you know... If I accidentally stand on a fly, I cry. <laughs> um... I'm not a, I'm not a dancer. I can't dance. If I had to, I don't know. But that's, that's like the the kind of the point. Like I don't know what kind of dance level you'd say you are. Do you are. know what? To get fit, I would do strictly come dancing. Yeah. Is that that's what that's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, to get fit, I would definitely do that. Yeah, no, I think that would be a really cool one to do. Strictly dancing on ice would oh, probably yeah, end yeah. in my own death probably um so definitely not that one because me and ice skating just don't don't get on yeah <laughs> i need that little penguin that you have to hold when you, you know that when you go into an ice drink and you can hold that little penguin yeah. the kids have to stop them falling over <laughs> yeah I, you know what? i've never i've week. never been ice skating ever in my life i think i don't know why people do it yeah i just think it would all end in tears and i'd make a fool out of myself like i think my my I'm one of these people that the trousers would rip or something like that. And it's dangerous. Those skates are sharp. Yeah. yeah. Although I am missing winter. I always enjoy going around Winter Wonderland. I'm a bit gutted I'm not going to yeah. have to go this time. That's always. Oh, a... I love Winter Wonderland. The rides and the churros. Oh, just... the churros, yes. And the, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's cute. It's a cute little place to go on dates as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, like I try and go, on, on a Saturday it's a bit of a nightmare to go, to, it was always a nightmare to go to because the queue just goes all the way like round, <laughs> round the whole park. So I always try and go like on a weekday after work or something where it's busy but not, you know, hours to get in kind of busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so what's kind of um, things have you got planned for 2021? Gosh, my January already has all but filled up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like clutching at dates to, to do free stuff. So I'm moving house, which is super fun. And then I'm starting on a new film, which I'm really excited about, cool. called um, What's Love Got to Do With It? Um, for working title and working with Lily James, Emma Thompson, Shazad Latif and 
Shirkak Abroad is directing. And yeah, got a nice tiny little part on that, which I'm so, so thrilled about. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, and I'm doing lots of audio books. Uh, I do a lot of audio books. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any um, you need to get some of the Jacqueline Wilson ones. Oh, well, that'd be great. that would be the absolute dream. <laughs> I've just read this fantastic... I've got a gorgeous little niece and nephew and loads of um, my cousins have little children. So I always like to do stuff that they can also... Because they're not going to sit and watch Line of Duty and Truth Seekers, let's be honest, because they're so young. So I like to do stuff that they can also be a part of um, or watch or see or read. So I've um, I've just narrated Uma... Oh, my God, I've forgotten the title now. Uma and the Answer to Everything. Okay. So I'm so excited that they're going to be able to, to listen to that audio yeah. book. That'll be great. Is Do you have like a, a system to remember lines when you're doing, whether it be for programmes you're in or anything like that? Do you have a sort of a, a technique to sort of help you remember lines or is it just a case of just reading it until <laughs> until it goes in? Depends what you're doing. Some scripts are really easy to digest and mm-hmm. get into your head. And then scripts like Line of Duty, I found it so difficult to remember because the there was words that I had never even used before, like reconnoitered, reconnoitered. Even now, I, I don't think even I now I can't remember how to say it. Something like that, oh, wow. and it is like every other word is a word <laughs> like that. That was really hard. I had um, this app called Line Learner, and you type in the script or you copy and paste the script in, and then you read it out both the, your character and the other characters, and then you can just hear it, and it's you can kind of say the line back and yeah, it's a really helpful little um, app that somebody's invented yeah. to learn your scripts. Have you had a moment where it's, it just, words won't go in or like you've sort of froze and just not been able to remember words or anything like that? Oh God. Yeah. We were doing a scene on, um, I think it was like episode three in uh, Land of Duty and for love, no money. I could not remember <laughs> some of my, lines then it would be I think Vicky had a line Martin had a line and then my friend Rosa had a line and then I was fourth in and then I had to speak for like a page looking at this map or something and every time they called action it would just go out of my head and we'd do take and then we'd do another take and then we'd do another take and it would just I'd get more and more into my head and they were saying their lines and in my head I'm like oh my god it's my turn next I can't do it and it was the only time in my life that I actually thought I was going to cry. <laughs> and I had to stop. And I was like, I'm so sorry, guys. And, and, and Martin and Vicky were like, look, don't worry. It happens. It happens to us. I had to like, go outside, <laughs> take a minute, recollect myself, look at my script, come back in. I think it was like the fifth to sixth take I finally got my words out. And it was just traumatizing <laughs> you know because it's on this big shoot and everybody's waiting for you to perform and there's not just you and the other actors in the room there's the guy on sound there's just 500 other people also in the room waiting for you to do it yeah and the producers behind the monitor and jed and everyone and it was just oh god when i think back on it now i'm like oh <laughs> do you ever get a bit like that when you have like auditions or things like that are you quite confident when you're in auditions because you're prepared for, for such a, a, a for however long or do you, are you someone that gets a bit you know nervous when it's an audition I don't tend to get nervous these days 
because you're going in there to work so it's but you know you're going in there to present what you've done and if it isn't right you kind of just ask the right questions and I don't know I don't, I don't I tend to get nervous in castings maybe the odd one every so often might catch me off guard but I haven't gone into a room to audition in so long because of yeah because of the show, COVID yeah, yeah. that everything's via self-tape or zoom yeah so there's a little bit of kind of protection I suppose because you're in your own space yeah I guess you can perhaps watch things back as well if it's just a self-tape and kind of be like actually I can do I can do that again and and see what you know if it if you're not too happy with it yeah I although I've kind of before I do take and take and take and take and take and like three hours later my poor friends are still reading in with me (laughs) now I just have to trust I've got it in the first few takes um so yeah yeah okay great have you ever had to do any Shakespeare at all a drama school school, I don't think I've done anything yeah I was just I was just thinking in terms of like remembering the words and not really knowing what you're saying like I've done Shakespeare before and I've been like I have no I like I'm doing a monologue in Shakespeare but I have no idea what I'm saying with some of these words (laughs) or what they mean but hopefully it comes across like I do know what I'm saying, but I just like listen to those actors <laughs> who can make it look like they know what they're talking about. Um, my friend, my flatmate, who I also live with, she used to use loads at the RSC, and she always makes it sound like it's I can understand what she's saying. Yeah, I, I do you know what I never ended up doing Shakespeare. It's something I'd like to do at some point. Yeah, just uh... I don't know which play I would want to do. I guess it wouldn't be too bad for you, but like when I do Shakespeare, I had to wear the really tight tights, which, <laughs> which yeah, you know, it's not the most flattering thing to wear in the world. Squeezing the notes out. <laughs> Something like that. Even the director's going, someone get him a dagger quickly, you know, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it's, you know, I live in Stratford upon Avon, so it's um, Shakespeare land, I suppose, you know. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, you should definitely do it, I think. It, I think you'd be good at it, actually. Oh, I'd love to. Probably something like, I'd love to play like, the Jailer's Daughter or from the Two Noble Kingsmen. Yeah. Kinsmen. Um, or, I don't know. I can't think of a play that I'd want to do, though. Yeah. It's weird, because at school, I hated doing Shakespeare. hated it. But, like, as you get older, you sort of appreciate <laughs> appreciate uh, his work. But, yeah, I remember just, like, having to be in, uh, yeah, being in sort of GCSE um, English and having to do... Romeo and Juliet and just reading the parts out and watching the film of Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio in and yeah. Uh, yeah I think it was only till 10 like 10 years later did I actually understand what honoring the line endings actually <laughs> means and speaking the line till the end of the punctuation because it's obviously written when you're you start out you you read it and you think the end of the sentence is where the first line do you know what I mean? How yeah. it's written on the page. It's very hard to describe unless I could show someone the page. Yeah, no, no, you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I get you. Um, so what, I guess, let's try and finish on a nice positive note. What have, I know the in 2021, but what were the positive aspects of 2020 that you can, you know, share some positive, you know, people going, oh, that was an awful, Enjoy. awful year. Let's, let's, you know, let's try and, what were the positive things to take out of uh, 2020, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, like Captain Tom, for example. Oh, uh, cute, yeah. yeah. You know. Do you mean globally? Yeah, globally, well, anything, yeah. I mean, my brother's a paramedic, so for me, just honouring the NHS mm-hmm. and how everybody came together for that and how we've all of a sudden... I mean, some communities probably did it already, but got to know thy neighbour. Mm-hmm. 
you know don't you think everyone's actually yeah. especially somewhere like london like people have actually got to know each other and know who you're living next door to and does anybody need anything is everyone okay and supporting each other in that way and the amount of people that have learned to reach out to each other or speak out when they're struggling um and ask for help oh, that surely that's got to be yeah marcus rashford was another great one wasn't it you know with, with what he was <gasps> what doing what a legend yeah absolutely amazing yeah. following him on Twitter it's fantastic oh yeah great and just it was just so frustrated to sort of see what he was trying to do such a positive thing but he was kind of being met with reluctance from our government and it just kind of makes you think do you have no idea what's going on like with some of these kids that just want to eat school dinners you know yeah. but um, it was really what he was doing was amazing yeah there's been some absolute dream boats out there who've just kind of made the British people proud Mm-hmm. absolutely well, <laughs> so well on that note I think we'll um, call it a day there but it's been great talking yeah, been great, thank you. great talking to you and um, I look forward to seeing you in this film that you're working on and other things going forward I feel like you definitely thank you uh, although we can't bring you back from death on the time I was like, like I'd, love to, <laughs> I'd love to see a sequel of that where you're harpooned was it harpooned Oh, in my head, lampooned, but yeah, harpooned. Oh, lampooned, yeah, harpooned, yeah, lampooned. No more lampooning, sadly. But uh, it was great chatting to you today. Thanks for... Thanks so much. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. So there we have it. A wonderful chat there with Taj. Um, Be sure to check her stuff out if you haven't already, because, yeah, really... Really um, fun person to talk to and a really talented actress as well, which I'm sure she's got a bright future ahead of her. So be sure to check Taj out. Uh, be sure to check us out. You can follow us on social media under Shapes of Stories on Twitter. That's just at Shapes of Stories. You can follow me on Twitter under LPrestige7 and on Instagram under Prestige Books. And you can find me on Facebook as well under Shapes of Stories on Facebook. So yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you again next time.